Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 14. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. They so spoke. This is preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit with the anointing. They're prayed up. And man, when they spoke, that's impact was happening. So it's in Iconium. It's the synagogue of the Jews, which if it's a synagogue, it's of the Jews. In other, in other words, uh, this is not a messianic synagogue. Uh, this is a synagogue of the Jews. Okay, watch this. But they so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, Gentiles, believed. But the unbelieving Jews, the unbelieving Jews, the ones who didn't believe, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. What does that mean? They're, they're, they're bringing false accusations. They're, they're fake news. They're trying to poison their minds with lies against the brethren. Verse 3, therefore, they stayed there a long time. You would think, well, persecution's breaking out. Let's get out of here. No, because people were being poisoned, because people rumors were being spread, false rumors, therefore, they stayed a long time. Why? They don't want any, any of these precious young believers to believe this. So they have to stay and they have to preach the word and defend themselves and speak with clarity so that all these new believers can be established as disciples and know the truth and know the doctrine. So they stayed there for a long time, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord, uh, who was hearing, excuse me, who was bearing witness to the word. How was he bearing witness to the word? He was, the Lord was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. This is so powerful. Signs and wonders are not what God uses, not how people come to faith in Jesus. However, signs and wonders are used to, be a, uh, to accompany the preaching of the word. Do you remember the very last verse in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark? It says, and they, the disciples of Jesus, and they went out everywhere preaching the word, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with the accompanying signs. So the Lord wants us to be filled with the Spirit to preach, but to have signs and wonders happening to confirm what we're preaching. Praise God. That's just the way the gospel and the ministry of Jesus flows. So God granted them signs and wonders that bore witness to the word. Verse 4, But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, talking about Paul and Barnabas and the brethren with them, they, came, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region. And watch this, verse 7, and they were preaching the gospel there. So wherever they go, they're going to preach the word of God. They're going to preach the gospel. Verse 8, and in Lystra, watch this, 
a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Can you imagine this man in his whole life? We don't know exactly how old he was, but he was not a kid. This is a, a man, full-grown man, so to speak, and yet from his mother's womb, never could walk. So his, his little old muscles in his legs, I mean, hardly anything, just skinny, skinny because never developed any muscle to walk whatsoever, never could walk. But watch this. He was sitting and verse nine says, this man heard Paul speaking. Well, what was Paul speaking? Verse seven says he was preaching the gospel, preaching the word. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. What in the world? While Paul is speaking, he's looking this man, at this man's face and he can tell this man is receiving what I'm preaching. Who is he preaching about? He's preaching about Jesus. He's preaching about Jesus, the miracle work of the healer, the deliverer, the savior. And this man is receiving it and Paul can tell he believes. He believes. Well, let's see what Paul does. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he, this lame man, had faith to be healed. Well, how does faith come? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so he, he saw that he had faith to be healed. Paul said, verse 10, with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. This man who had never walked in his whole life was not only instantly healed by the power of God, but he had instant coordination. This is like a double miracle. You know, even if your legs were now healed, that doesn't mean that you've ever exercised them. You learn how to put one foot in front of the other and how to bend the knee and flex. This man didn't just wobble and walk. This man leaped and walked. In other words, there is an absolute double miracle happening here. There's a complete healing. And then there's the miracle of him being coordinated to be able to leap and walk instantly. See, how did that happen? Did that happen because Paul went and laid hands on him and with Paul's faith and the power of God healed this man? Nope, didn't lay a hand on him. Paul was preaching the word and faith came by hearing the word. And when Paul saw that the man had faith to be healed, Paul told him, well, stand up and walk. I can see that you have faith to be healed. Stand up. And guess what? The man, instead of sitting there saying, well, I can't see because I'm lame. I've never been able to walk. No, he wasn't going to respond that way. Why not? Because he believed. He believed. He, he believed beyond logic, beyond reason. This is completely irrational to believe that this guy that came from some other place that what he's saying is so true that I'm going to overlook my whole life of experience and believe what you're saying out of your mouth, that it is going to overrule the reality of my, uh, of my scenario, of my you know, lame, you know, uh, my lameness, if I could say it like that, my lame state, the state of my body. See, he believed it. How? This is the power of the word. This is what we need to understand. The word of God is so powerful. If we'll preach it as if it's true and not put disclaimers, well, sometimes God doesn't do it. And, you know, we just have to trust him and just, no, that is not the teaching of the word. That is not what the Bible says. 
The Bible says in the prayer of faith, we'll save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Just preach it the way it's written. Preach it the way it's written. Don't add all the unbelief that you have just in case nothing happened. See, because we preach and add the disclaimers of unbelief, people don't believe because they didn't hear the word. They heard a little of the word, but with all of our disclaimers to cover ourselves. Just preach it the way it is. Jesus said, and these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. <laughs> I mean, just absolute, just absolute. Go heal the sick. He just talked like that. He preached like that and saw miracles. The apostles talked talk like that and preached like that and they saw the miracles. We add things to it and we don't see it. Can you see the difference? See, he preached this, the man got faith and Paul said, well, stand up on your feet. He leaped and walked. Look at this. He leaped and walked. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down. They thought, this is the, this is the gods, right? The power of God. Well, they don't know what they're talking about, but they said the gods have come to us in the likeness of men. They're looking at Paul and Barnabas. Verse 12, and Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest, now watch this. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. Sacrifice to who? Sacrifice to Paul, whom they called Hermes, and to Barnabas, whom they called Zeus. They're saying, you're gods, we're going to sacrifice to you. Watch this. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes. This is how you show emotion. They tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with this, and with these sayings, listen to this, and with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. They want to worship Paul and Barnabas as gods. And they could hardly restrain them from sacrificing to them. But watch how fickle people are. Watch this. Watch how fickle. Verse 19. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So they were trying to sacrifice and worship Paul and Barnabas as gods. But then when Jews come from another place and poison their minds, they turn around and the ones that they were worshiping as gods, they stoned him. They stoned Paul and thought he was dead, dragged him out of the city. Verse 20, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. It's really unclear whether he actually was dead. And when they gathered around him, he was raised from the dead. Or if they just supposed him, it says supposing. So we can't say dogmatically that he for sure was dead. But uh, it seems in another passage that he may very well have been dead. And we'll get to that another time. So it says, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. 
And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made disciples, notice everywhere they go, they do the same thing. They preach the word, they make disciples. When he had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, back to where they stoned him. They returned there. Why? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. In other words, hey, doing righteousness in this wicked world, uh, you're going to get resistance. You're going to get persecution. And Paul is saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, why are they going back to these same cities, especially with persecution? Here's why. Because just because somebody received the Lord and began to walk with the Lord and had a real experience and believes, that doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to try to poison their minds and get them to revert back to idols. And so that's why they need to be taught. They need to be strengthened. Babies need to be nourished. And babies in Christ need to be nourished with the word of God. Verse 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church, when they had appointed elders in every church. So notice they're not only preaching the gospel and making disciples, but they're forming churches of these disciples. And all of these churches, from what we can tell, are in homes. And uh, they're forming churches, but then they're appointing leaders. They would generally be called elders, but leaders, we would call them today pastors. They're appointing elders in every church and prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Verse 25. Now, when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God. In other words, where they'd been sent out, 13th chapter, commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. In other words, that now they've completed that assignment now, coming back to Antioch. Verse 27, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had, he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples talking about in Antioch. Praise God. Oh, I tell you, we learn so much in every chapter, don't we? And so as you just learn more and more and more, we're learning as Isaiah taught us line upon line, precept upon precept. God just keeps teaching us. And over time, as we continue to read and talk through the word and learn the word of God, along with other studies and messages you'll hear, oh, God is building you and teaching you and you're going to become so solid and so full of God's word, so aware of how these things work, that you'll be walking in these things by the teaching of the Word of God. Thank God. Thanks for being with me today. I look forward to being with you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. 
here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.